What's up, my friend? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Optimize Your Body podcast. And there's going to be a ton of knowledge bombs and you're going to get a ton of value as usual, right? So as usual, I don't like to play games and mess around. I like to get stuck straight in, my friend, right? And what I'd like to talk about today is basically the habits which have really changed my life and actually impacted lots of my clients. And there's 10 of them, basically, right? So I've written down 10 habits or behaviors, whatever you want to call them. And remember, if you can just dissect something out of this podcast and take one or two of these away and implement, that is the key thing. Information ain't shit unless you implement it, right? Then it could literally be life-changing, right? And the compound effect of these habits, my friend, let's just take a step back. It hasn't always been this way for me. Sometimes, unless you follow me on social media, I do share a lot of stuff on there uh, in terms of my vulnerabilities every now and then just to help people understand my journey and that I'm just like everyone else. It's just I've gone through a transformation journey of my own. And I used to really struggle in terms of my relationship with food, uh, especially when I started bodybuilding. I've talked about this many a times and had a really poor relationship with food for a good two years there, emotionally eating, even binge eating at times. And to overcome that, you know, took a lot of work and I came up the other side in a better place. And now it helps me have more compassion for my clients as well, because I really do understand the struggles when it comes to food, my friend, right? Let's be honest, those behaviors with food, the eating habits and lifestyle is obviously the most challenging thing. The gym is really, you know, I guess for a lot of people, the gym is the fun part, right? Um, so yeah, anyway, a bit more about me. So that is what I used to struggle with. And obviously partying and stuff like that, not going to lie, in my 20s, I used to party really, really hard, okay? And say no more, really. Didn't really, I was always in great shape. So, I, you know, bear in mind, I've been in the fitness industry for well over, well, 15 years, 16 years now. You know, I was a PT for around 13, 14 years before I built my online transformation program like three years ago. And so I've always been in the fitness. So that has always been my, almost my saving grace in a way, right? When I had like, you know, my mental health wasn't the best at one point in my twenties and a couple of times in my twenties. And really the the training was the foundation for me. It always pulled me back in and grounded me. You know what I mean? Because at times outside of the gym, like I just said, the stuff outside of the gym, a lot of the times is the hardest part. And that's what I guide my clients through mindset, lifestyle, nutrition. Um, I used to struggle with those things, right? And it took me a while. It, my friend, if I, I, you know, probably took me about a decade or so to actually, quote unquote, crack the code, right? And actually get to a place now where my behaviors and habits are automatic. So I want to delve deeper into them today anyway. Um, <clears throat> and I'm going to start off with some basic ones, right? So the first thing for me is upon waking, my friend, right? It's really boring this. And some of these are not sexy, okay? They can be a little bit boring, I'm going to be honest, but let's be honest. That's what it's all about, right? It's doing uh, the stuff consistently that you don't always want to do. And remember this before I get into this, my friend, right? Um, discipline. I said this to a client the other day. I actually shared it in our group. Um, you know, discipline is no, sorry, motivation. It's easy to do things when you're motivated, my friend, right? It's, it's great. It's a great feeling being motivated. I love it when I have a coffee and I feel motivated afterwards. Great. Awesome, right? But you don't always feel uh, feel motivated, right? It's a feeling that doesn't last, okay? It's fleeting. You can't rely on it, my friend, okay? To get you long-term results when it comes to your health and fitness and just in general, getting you to look, feel, and perform at your best. Discipline, right? That's doing the shit regardless of whether you're motivated or not. So just remember that, right? Motivation, easy to do stuff when you're motivated because you feel like doing them. Discipline, don't feel motivated, don't want to do it, do it anyway, right? And that's discipline. So get up in the morning. I don't always want to do this, but I drink I drink a, a liter of water, right? I don't even feel, feel thirsty sometimes. I just want to kind of wake up, but I do it anyway, right? And I always feel so much more energized because bear in mind, my friend, you lose a lot of water when you sleep, right? So you're waking up dehydrated. 
So the first thing you want to be doing is hydrating. So I have a one liter of water upon waking, literally within the first 10 minutes of waking, I'm drinking a, a whole liter of water, right? So, and then what I'll do then is I'll wait 60 to 90 minutes before I have my first coffee. And this is actually really helpful for sleep as well. It's been proven in research. If you hold off that first coffee and hydrate first, go for a walk. Uh, I'll go straight into the next habit then. So I'll have my one liter of water. That's number one upon waking. Then the second thing then, I'm not going to say in any order, but the other thing I do after that, really, the second thing I wanted to talk about is getting a minimum of 10 minutes of daylight in the morning, right? A bare minimum. Okay, that sets up your circadian rhythm, and it's actually in the top three most important things for sleep quality, right? Because obviously melatonin is going to switch off, cortisol levels are going to increase, and it's going to really set up your circadian rhythm, circadian code, which is the most important thing uh, when it comes to your health and your and your sleep and stuff, right? So I'll go for at least 10 minutes outdoors in the morning um, after my water, and then I'll wait. Sometimes I'll train. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'll go to the gym and lift and do weight training. And then I'll have my coffee after that. So that's a good 90 minutes after waking, I'll have my coffee. But if I just go for a walk or I go to the ocean or wherever I'm doing in the morning, um, I'll basically then have my coffee about 60 to 90 minutes after that. So what that does is that gives you uh, more sustained energy when you wait 90, 60 to 90 minutes before you have your first coffee. I know what you're thinking. You like to get up and have that coffee straight away, right? But if you wait, it gives you more sustained energy. And what you'll notice is you probably won't get as much of a crash in the afternoon. And there's some research on this as well. And when I do have my coffee, not to go off too much, I have my coffee with theanine, L-theanine. Again, lots of research on this. It's a nootropic and it's really, really good for brain health. And also when you have it with coffee, it gives you more sustained energy. For me, I know it's a big difference. Don't get as much of a crash. And I generally get more clarity when I take a little bit of theanine, about 200 to 400 milligrams of L-theanine with my coffee. So that's the first two things. One liter of water upon waking, wait, waking, 10 minutes of uh, daylight in the morning, okay, minimum, uh, whilst I'm doing my walk or before training or whatever. And then, again, in no particular order. The other thing I wanted to talk about is the uh, animal-based diet, right? So this has been life-changing for me. Cut a long story short, up until about two years ago, I used to be the plant guy, right? So I would eat like 60%. My diet was about 60% plants. I used to eat tons of vegetables. I was a guy who could happily eat a bowl of uh, broccoli, literally loads of olive oil, loads of salt. I could have that on its own. I used to love it. And I actually still would enjoy it now. But whether you like it or not, and I used to scoff at this when people used to say this until I did my research, um, there is defense chemicals in certain plants, okay, which uh, can be toxic. And I was getting issues with my guts, and I was actually getting skin issues as well. And the main culprits for me were potatoes. I can't eat potatoes because it messes my gut up. And I sometimes get skin issues as well. So there's certain compounds in potatoes, for example, called oxalates. Some people are totally fine, right? So you can thrive by eating them if you don't get any gut, gut issues or any skin issues like I did. Um, but it just wasn't working for me. And then there was broccoli, spinach, kale. All these things tend to be, quote unquote, the more kind of toxic um, plants, whereas fruit generally is less toxic, right? I'm not going to go too much into the ins and outs. And I'm not here telling you to stop eating vegetables. If you're thriving, keep eating vegetables. Uh, anything's better than eating processed foods anyway, right? So if it's whole foods, keep going. Wasn't working for me. I was eating loads of plants, used to love it, but I had to cut them out. And then I started venturing and learning more about the animal-based diet, carnivore kind of eating. And now when I say animal, animal-based animal diet, I eat primarily meat and fruit, right? So um, I do eat some uh, coconut, coconut yogurt or yogurt, as we say in the UK, um, and a few other bits and bobs, but it's primarily just meat and fruit. Um, I have quite a lot of avocado to get the calories and nutrients in there as well. But without going too much on that, that's the other thing that's been a game changer for me is the animal-based diet. And the th whilst we're on that point, on point number three, animal-based diet, I wanted to say, you know, the three most nutrient-dense foods on the planet in order, right, 
Number one, beef liver. Okay. Now, beef liver is an absolute powerhouse, and they're still actually figuring out other stuff, which it is actually responsible for in terms of positive health benefits. And when it comes to like vitamin A, so so retinol, and then vitamin B2, you know, riboflavin, if that's how you pronounce it, niacin, B3, keep going down the list, folate, B12, vitamin K2, especially copper, iron, uh, choline, which is really important for uh, brain health. I could keep going down the list, right? But beef liver is nothing like it. It's the most nutrient-dense food on the planet. So that is really helping me thrive as well. I have beef liver most days, to be honest. But my friend, even if you could have, damn, you do ounces in America. This is getting confusing with people all over the world, but I love it. Um, in America, you do ounces, right? So I don't know, eight to 12 ounces a week, depending on how much you weigh. It, you don't need much. Vitamin A, like it's, it's the it's ridiculous amount of vitamin A in, in beef liver as well. Um, so, you know, we could go down the health benefits in terms of hair growth, in terms of the, the amount of iron you get for your immune system, red blood cells. I could keep going down the list, but it definitely makes a difference. It's a noticeable difference when I eat beef liver. I notice skin. What I notice as well, which is in, which makes sense, I think this is to do with the vitamin A and a few of the micronutrients. Uh, when I have a cut, if I eat more beef liver, it heals ridiculously fast to the point where it's scary. It's almost like superhuman. So there's definitely something going on there. So beef liver. Red meat, I eat a lot of, ooh, red meat. It's going to give you heart disease. Okay, I'm not going to go into that, right? But the bottom line is it doesn't. It's context. Um, not all meat is treated equally. So if you're going to have beef liver, for example, make sure it's from a respectable source. It's grass-fed, grass-finished cows. Same goes for um, uh, for red meat. If you're having red meat, grain-fed and grass-fed, they're different. So grass-fed, grass-finished uh, beef is one of the most nutrient-dense foods in the world, literally, again. And, you know, I'm not going to bore you with all the nutrients, uh, but then if you look at eggs or egg yolks, especially like an egg yolk is like the perfect multivitamin. Um, so, you know, you're going to get a great, and choline again, is the best source of choline. Actually, beef liver is the best, but choline uh, in egg yolks, this is why they're kind of recommended it to pregnant women and stuff now for the baby's brain health. Now, choline, is, is, you can't get it really in enough of a dosage from other foods other than beef liver and egg yolks. So really important for brain health and several other functions as well. So they're the top three foods that help me really thrive. I'm not going to go into what I eat in a day and bore you. I mentioned avocado as well, but they're the top three foods that are in my diet pretty much every day. And to be honest, what I've started having recently as well is raw milk. Uh, top quality raw milk, obviously lack, I, dairy doesn't do well with me normally, but what's interesting is because I've been having this raw milk, um, which is really, really good quality. It's still got lactose in it, but, and it's got a different type of casein in it as well. I'm not getting any gut issues. It's great. So I've been having, um, I've been having, you know, raw milk as well, which is nutrient dense as well. So they're the top most nutrient dense foods. Um, or cholesterol, heart disease, all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to go into that because um, there's so much context there. But cut a long story short, there's no solid research. It's all observational studies. Um, you know, if you ask me, it's a load of, beat of bullshit, right? When it comes to, you know, egg yolks and worrying about eggs and red meat, there's loads of context. If you get good quality animal sources, you're eating whole foods and you're able to manage your weight. The most important thing when it comes to health, which doctors won't talk about much, to be honest, because it's very complex and doctors are amazing. But when it comes to nutrition, and training advice, from my experience, having coached so many people, not the best advice, to say the least. Um, and that's not taking anything away from any doctors listening to this. We need doctors. They're 10 times more intelligent than I'll ever be. Uh, but just from my experience, obviously, with the nutrition advice, it can be a little bit hit and miss. Um, that's not all doctors, by the way. Don't get triggered now. I'm just saying, all right? But um, you do definitely want to just focus on the most important thing, which is metabolic health, right? If you're overweight, carrying more body fat than you'd like to, and you're not eating whole foods, 
that's going to be the biggest issue if we strip it all down, right? So anyway, that was number three. Went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but they're the big three uh, most nutrient-dense foods that are in my diet pretty much every day. Beef liver, eggs. I only have egg yolks because egg whites play on my stomach a bit. And red meat, grass-fed, grass-finished always. So let's fire through the rest, right? Uh, number four is just strength training three times a week, full body training three times per week. I used to be the guy who would train six times a week. That's not me nowadays. I'd rather save more time. I'd rather do three gym sessions and then do my jujitsu, get some nature and everything else. But if you could do three full body sessions consistently and properly, a proper training program, though, my friend, that is really important, not just a bunch of random workouts. You'll get game changing results. So strength training three times a week is a non-negotiable. I sometimes do the bands on the days in between, just a quick 10-minute pump up, just to boost my energy and just to do a little bit of resistance training. Um, so yeah, and then that takes me on to nature, like I was just saying then. Um, I make sure I get in nature at least two to three times per week. And if I don't, I sometimes like last week, I was really, really busy and I live in a place right now, which is um, like a city basically. So if I don't get out of the concrete jungle, so to speak, it does actually build up the stress, especially with, you know, being an entrepreneur and everything else. And obviously uh, everything else that goes on in life. If I don't get nature, it's so important for our soul, my friend. So I go to the ocean. I'm fortunate enough to live like a 15 minute walk away from Bondi beach. Cannot complain. Um, and I'll go for to the park and just get some nature. I like to go in the mountains, haven't done that for a while, but just really um, allocating that into my into my life and making it non-negotiable is really, really uh, a game changer for my mental health and for my soul, you know? Number six is no electronics 60 to 90 minutes before bed. So before bed, okay, that's the next point, actually. Let's not get carried away. Cut a long story short, non-negotiable for me, at least 60 minutes before bed, no phone, no laptop, not even TV. TV's not as bad with the blue lights, um, but it's still not going to be ideal unless you're wearing nighttime blue light blockers. So no phone, no laptop, at least 60 minutes before bed is non-negotiable. In, in an ideal world where it's hard to do being an entrepreneur, right? Because there's always something to do. You always find something to do. Um, I come away from my electronics 90 minutes to two hours before bed. Um, so that's going to be ideal because um, melatonin, loads of research on this now. Obviously, blue light is going to degrade your melatonin levels. And melatonin is not only important for um, most important hormone for sleep, but also for fighting cancer. It's a powerful antioxidant. So don't like scoff at these things, my friend, right? Take these things seriously. So no screens, 90, 60 to 90 minutes before bed. And number seven is dimming the lights down. So what I've got is I've got these uh, pink, pink, I always say this. I've got these red salt lamps. So red light is actually good for sleep and melatonin levels actually has a calming effect on the brain, whereas blue light has the opposite, has a stimulating effect. So if you get those red red salt lamps, yeah, they're, they're inexpensive as well, like $20 in Aussie dollars. Um, get a couple of them, put them around the house or candlelight and dim the lights down two to three hours before bed and live by candlelight, basically, and then put the nighttime blue light blockers on if you're still doing work on your laptop or whatever. Um, so that's the other one for me, dimming the lights down at least two to four hours before bed. Number eight is the regularity of sleep. And I'm going to put this to the test this week because I'm going to start going to jiu-jitsu at 6 a.m. in the morning um, when I normally wake up at about six-ish. So I'm going to actually change my regularity. I'm going to ch um, attempt that this week. But going to bed and getting up at the same time, my friend, it's again, in the top three most important things for uh, sleep. Um, I'd say, you know, the most important thing is like getting a proper consistent sleep time. Uh, sorry, a, a consistent wait. Sorry, they're both important, right? But when you start waking up, when you start going to bed at the right time, you naturally start waking up. So it's, it's, it's having your natural rhythm. That's the most important thing. So go to bed and get up at roughly the same time, right? Really, really important. And that's a non-negotiable. Obviously, I... <laughs> I've got a life as well, my friend, right? So sometimes on the weekends, I'll socialize or whatever, and I'll stay up a bit later. But I just try not to take the piss nowadays, all right? You know, like staying up for an hour, maybe two hours max, cool. Sometimes, you know, whatever. You might have a social event and it can't be helped. But 
stay mindful of that, my friend. Okay. The last two then is um, is walking after eating. Okay. And there's I mentioned this before. So research shows that even two minutes of walking after you've eaten your food balances out your blood sugar levels um, more so. So it gives you, it gives you, it stabilizes your blood sugar levels and really aids digestion and basically can help with weight loss because it helps you realize you're full. You'll notice this. If you go for a walk after your meal, you feel more satiated real quick. And obviously gravity as well, right? Getting blood flow to the stomach and everything else. Um, and that's been a habit that's been non-negotiable for me now for a good kind of three, four years. So I have my two big meals. I go for a walk. Personally, I'll go for a walk for about 15 to 30 minutes after each meal. Obviously, I'm lucky because I've got the freedom to do that. I know not everyone can do that. You're probably listening thinking, yeah, great, Mark. You're an idiot. i got to sit at the desk and eat my meal. How am I going to do that? Just be mindful, my friend. And when you can, do it, okay? Um, and it only even two minutes. So even if you could walk to the end of the road and back or whatever, right? That's going to have an impact as well. So that definitely works wonders for my energy as well with the big meals I have, right? When I have my big meal at like 11, 12 o'clock in the daytime, because obviously I don't eat till about 11 a.m. Mid midday, um, I have a big, massive meal. Obviously, I need to go for a walk. Otherwise, I'm going to bloody fall into a food coma. I go for a walk, have another coffee, and I'm good to go again. Last but not least, my friend, number 10 is deep breathing before sleep. Um, I get into bed, so I don't have any electronics. And when I say no electronics, that doesn't mean I'm lying there staring at the ceiling board as a bat. Obviously, we do need some some uh, excitement in our life. So for me, reading is my form of escapism. I love reading. Uh, it helps me wind down before bed. So I'll read a book for a good 30 minutes or so before I sleep. But prior to that, I'll do some deep breathing. So I'll put a podcast in normally. Sometimes just silence, but most of the time I'll put a podcast in and I'll just do some deep breathing. Sometimes literally it's only for two minutes. Other times it might be five or 10 minutes, depending on how stressed I am. I feel like I've had a stressful evening or a stressful day. I'll prolong it to like 10 minutes. And I don't do like a guided thing. I just literally do um, some of the Wim Hof stuff or I'll just um, just basically some basic breathing. So um, I'll just take 60 breaths at a time and each breath will be like 10 seconds. Um, and what I notice is for me, a signal that my nervous system is calming down is I'll start yawning. So if you don't do this and you start doing deep breathing before bedtime, you'll notice you actually start yawning. And I think that's likely an indication that your nervous system is going probably into that rest and digest state, right? Because, you know, most of us are going to bed in that fight or flight state, cortisol, adrenaline, all the stress hormones pumping for your blood, not to mention melatonin levels being low because you've been staring at the screen and it's just not going to be good. And it's one of those things where it's like, you don't see it until you actually dial these things in. So like you might be thinking, okay, oh, really? Is it really that important to come away from my phone? But the reality is I've dialed my sleep in and optimized these things. And it's only when you optimize these things, no pun intended, you optimize your body, um, that you start noticing, oh shit, when you stop doing it, for example, if I was to stop doing that now, my deep breathing and, and, and looking at my phone until I go to bed, I'd notice in bed, oh shit, I feel wired. Whereas you don't pick up on those things unless you've actually dialed things in. So you've got to be consistent with these habits first to get the benefits. And it's only, well, I, a good little thing to finish up with is when you stop doing these things, my friends, that's when you notice, oh shit, actually, I mean, sometimes you'll notice the benefits when you're doing certain things, right? But sometimes you take it for granted and you just stop doing it and you're like, oh shit, actually, I don't feel as good. Why is that? Oh, I didn't have my sleep routine as dialed or, oh, I, um, you know, I wasn't doing my journaling or whatever, my brain dump, whatever that looks like to you. Um, but yeah, anyway, want to finish off with that before I waffle on too much. I think there was loads of nuggets for you there anyway, right? Um, and loads of like, you know, helpful insights there for you. But the bottom line, right? Come away from this podcast and go, oh, okay, that was interesting. I don't do that. I'll implement that one thing. Hydrating in the morning, right? Simple thing. A lot of people don't do it. 
right? Have a pint or two pints of water upon waking, game changer. A little bit of salt as well. If you want to have some pink Himalayan salt or some uh, Celtic salt or whatever, um, that's going to be helpful as well because that's going to stimulate organ function, help with hydration and lots of other things as well. I don't do that personally, um, just the water for me. And that's that really. So yeah, wanted to tap into some, uh, I wanted to go a little bit deeper on one or two things. If I just say animal-based diet, it's not giving you much information. Um, so anyway, going to wrap that up there, my friend. I hope that was helpful. And, you know, as I say, take one two, one or two things away. Remember, implementation is key. You know, knowledge is not power. I disagree with that. Uh, knowledge is potential power. All right. It's only power if you actually use it or utilize it. Don't get me wrong. It's still good to listen and get the information and obviously get inject some of my energy into you, my friend, right? Regardless of what I'm saying, I know you're vibing off this energy right now. I'd like to think so anyway. Um, but yeah, just, you know, make a little note after this. Boom. What's the one thing I can implement out of those 10 things, right? So I'll get my uh, assistant to put these in the show notes anyway, just so you can see them. And I'm not going to bore you anymore with those habits, right? But the reality is, I, my friend, am thriving right now, okay? I wanted to finish on this, actually. Obviously, I'm an entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur. I um, I feel on top form. My sex drives through the roof. Um, I'm stronger than I've ever been. Aesthetically, I'm pretty much in the shape of my life, not more shredded than I've been, obviously, on stage. I'm just saying aesthetically or my physique. Um, and literally, like, I'm just performing, feeling, and looking phenomenal, and it feels great. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not trying to be a big head here. I'm just telling you, I'm 35 years old now. It's taken me uh, quite a while to get here, but, you know, it's not sexy, right? And you know I'm not going to come here and sugarcoat things for you. I'm going to tell you the shit that works. Fundamental habits, which always relate to what you're doing in your lifestyle, what you're doing with your sleep, how you're training, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, so yeah, I'm thriving right now and I wanted to share that with you, my friends. And there's some of the 10 things that are really helping me achieve that. So just to um, let you know as well, I am opening up a few slots this month for my program. I, I tested out like a six week um, program basically recently and it, it went bananas. Basically it blew up, um, but there's no spaces left for that now. And I'm not sure when I'm going to do another one of them. Uh, that was just like a little tester thing. So um, basically my minimum sign-up is like 90 days, okay, for the min minimum sign-up for my coaching program. But I'm going to be taking on five more people this month. So I wanted to give you first dibs, my friend, because you tune in and you listen to me, um, you know, uh, you know, basically waffle on for 30 minutes at a time. And I got to I gotta give you respect for that. So anyway, if you're looking to get into the shape of your life, literally, physically, mentally, emotionally, and you really want to level up, right, and unlock your true potential, and ultimately, it's, it's all about becoming the best version of yourself, right? And that's why you're listening to this, because you're growth-minded. So get, get in touch with me, right? I'll leave the coaching inquiry form again in the show notes. But best thing to do is just drop me a DM on Instagram, right? At Martin Silver Fitness. And look, I'll be honest, my friend, I can't help everyone, right? Um, but either way, I'll you know point you in the right direction, worst case scenario, if you drop me a DM. Um, but hopefully, I can help you, and we can work together. And that'd be awesome. But yeah, just drop me a DM on Instagram. I'll leave the coaching inquiry form in the show notes. Um, and that's that really, my friend. Um, I guess the other option then is just to email me, right? But uh, to be honest, I would just use one of those two points, just a coaching inquiry form or DM me on Instagram. Keep it really, really simple. I'll give you my email just in case. Admin at optimizeyourbody.com, okay? Optimize and in S-E, not Z-E, all right? So um, yeah, so a few spaces available. Let me know as soon as you can, though, my friend, because... Um, obviously people bite my hand off when I, uh, when I, when I, uh, when I release these, um, these availability slots for my program. Okay. My friend. So yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening and we'll speak very soon.